So yeah. we're sitting there and I'm okay. He's having a good time. And so it gets to the point where Bruce starts stops right before last man standing and talks about George Thies. And so that was the first time where obviously he's really had a conversation with the audience. So I'm standing there and he's talking about when he talks about the, that he's the last man standing of this band, I gasped to myself and I looked over at my husband, wait a minute, this is what this is about? Because this is way deeper than I thought. And like, I can get into this. Um, so I listened to the whole, to that whole interlude and then he starts singing that song and I'm starting to get emotional and I'm like, why am I getting emotional? One, I'm listening to the words now and paying attention and understanding what this song is about. And so I start, it was like something like, I don't even know how to describe it. There was something magical is all I can say that happened where I suddenly I got it this is what these songs are about and this is what this experience is about and it's not just girls and cars and dancing in the dark it's about life and death and joy and taking the opportunity to seize that dream Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are solidly on the Bruce train today, though we have a newbie. We have a rookie Springsteen fan, Maggie Wheeler. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am so thrilled to be listening with you. You were posting, you were talking about it, and you were kind enough to say, yeah, Jesse, I'll join you on the podcast. So thank you so much. I already heard you're a teacher. Tell us a little about yourself. Yes, obviously, you said my name is Maggie Wheeler. And so I live in a place called Terre Haute, Indiana. Most people do not know where that is. We're in West Central Indiana, so I'm about three hours from Chicago, about three hours from St. Louis, about three hours from Cincinnati. So we're in the middle of drivable, fun stuff. I teach at Indiana State University. I teach in the English department. I've taught there for quite a while. I teach English composition. I teach creative writing and I'm also teaching a lit class on ghosts. So that's one of my fun classes that I get to teach. And when I'm not teaching, I'm writing. That's one of my passions. In addition to my new Bruce passion that I just acquired, 
So I write a lot of fiction. I do write some nonfiction, obviously. And one of my other big passions is that I do animal rescue. And so I'm the volunteer coordinator at our Terre Haute Humane Society. And so I spend a lot of time managing volunteers, but a lot of time with dogs. So I'm a dog person. I describe myself as a dog person who loves cats. I have both, my husband and I. There's a cat in the room with me. He may jump on something, hopefully not. And there's hopefully not a dog barking in the background. But So I spend a lot of time with four-legged creatures in addition to two-legged creatures. So I will not ask which one you prefer because we're going to move on. But yeah. yes, there Depends are times. On the day. Yes, so absolutely. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Maggie, I always like to go to the beginning. Talk about where did you grow up and what kind of music did your family listen to? I grew up in Terre Haute. Okay. I lived here. And then I, when I got out of college, I lived in Chicago for a little while. And then my father died. I came back here to take care of my mom. And so I've been here since my mom has since passed, but met my husband here. And that's a whole other story. But so my dad was really the big music lover in our family. And so he loved Stevie Ray Vaughan and that the guitar master kind of music. I remember them listening to Mamas and Papas. We had all those records when I was a kid, 60s kind of music. My mom liked Barry Manilow. And I remember us being forced to listen to that in the car. The old old CD player, or not CD, eight track players. She had that Barry Manilow, stick that in the radio and we would have to listen to that. So your dad, mother, your mother is, I am a child of the seventies. I graduated high school in 77, loved Barry Manilow. So yeah, sending loved, shout out to your mom. Yes. Well, yeah, she did. She loved Barry Manilow. Uh, my dad was more like she, so she liked him. She listened to music, but my dad was more like he was, would really immerse himself he, in music. He was the music guy. Yeah, and he tried to play guitar for a while, but was not successful. I actually have his acoustic guitar that I, when I started to uh, learn to play guitar, I used his guitar. And, but they, they, it was that kind of late 60s, 70s stuff, but they were not really, like, we didn't grow up with a lot of the, I don't know, I guess, I don't want to say hippies, hip, sure. other than mamas and papas and things like that. But they were they were a little bit older than the they weren't going to okay. Woodstock or anything like that. Sure. So, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So what as you became a teenager and go to college, what was your type of music? What was your favorite artist? So I I was like heavy into the kind of 80s. 90s so it runs in that late 80s like I made I had to go back and think about make a list like culture club the ghost I loved the ghost I wanted to be I wanted to be in an all-girl band I still have not given up that dream but Madonna when Madonna first hit the scene I was like amazing John Mellencamp I talked about that in my essay a little bit I still love John Mellencamp 
I've seen him many times over the years. You know, that kind of music, Duran. I loved The Doors. When I was in um, college, that was my, like, go-to. That kind of, not dark, but dark, edgy Jim Morrison with that voice. Yeah. And the This Is The End. And angsty, that whole 90s grunge. I was Mm -hmm. so into that, too, with Nirvana. But U2 was probably the band that was my that was the my pinnacle that was my favorite i still adore that band sure so i spent a lot of time listening to bono and still do and so it all over the place but a lot of like poppy i was not really into the hair band scene so like warrant and guns and roses and metallica that was not that was not my interest okay I want to go back. You talked about, did you feel like you wanted to be a teacher early on? Or is that something you stumbled onto? Oh, no. Yeah, no. I So I've always wanted to be a writer. That was the main thing since I was a kid. I was dictating stories to family members before I could even, I'd learn to write. And making little books out of little construction paper and stapling them together no I I wanted to be so um, that's been one of my real passions but I actually went to school for archaeology and wanted to be the female Indiana Jones and so I didn't teaching was not something that I really thought I would ever do Uh, ironically I was incredibly afraid to speak in front of public. Okay. In front of people, that was like, I was terrified. And so the thought of standing up in front of a classroom of people and they're expecting me to say things that are important and they should be writing down, that that was not even on my radar. I would never, if I went back and told that 18-year-old, you're going to be a college teacher and talking to classrooms full of kids all day, kids, I sure. call them kids, but I would, there was no way, there was no way I would have believed that I would be doing this. Yeah. And yeah. I don't like, I do like, it's not, but it's just, it's something I backed into really. Sure. Did, um, are you writing now? You say you write every day? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. I write all the time. Yeah. Uh, have you had stuff published? I've had stuff. I've had short stuff published. I'm, I spend a lot of time working on novels, which that's the grunge yeah. work, the real hard stuff. And I've sent out lots of novel queries for, to agents for novels. And it's just, it's hard and it's gotten harder. And there was a point where I put a lot of that on pause just because it's, it is discouraging. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Rejection and any artistic endeavor, you're going to get that. Um, Right. So I, yeah, I'm working on submission material for a novel that I wrote actually when I was in my MFA program at Butler and it's an homage to, I had a, a really close friend that died in 2005. And so he's in the book as a ghost, basically. 
And, and it's a project that's super important to me. I didn't want to give up. Mm -hmm. So I just keep working on it, but I've got another, another novel that I'm working on finishing and one that I'm trying to get cleaned up so that I have a backup and a backup to the backup. So I'm just going to keep sending those letters out. Yeah. Good for you, Maggie. Yeah. Um, Brad Meltzer tells the story that for his first novel, he got 13 rejection letters. There's only 12 publishing house. That's right. One of them uh, rejected me twice. (laughs) So that's, yeah. yeah, Keep on the good fight. Yeah. Um, So you mentioned John Mellencamp. I always think when anyone says they're from Indiana, I ask, are you familiar with John Hyatt? The singer, yes. writer, John yeah, Hyatt? Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was afraid you asked if I knew him. No, I no, do not no, know. Don't. Are you familiar with his music? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, because in my mind, everyone says, I'm from Indiana. I go, oh, did you leave in the back of a pickup truck? <laughs> That's immediately I, I, my line. <laughs> there's, there's lots of people that would probably do. Yeah. And, yeah, and probably yeah. would like to. Yeah. But- yeah, so we're like, eh, it's probably an hour and a half if I wanted to go drive by Mellencamp's house. So we're kind of close, but yeah. That's neat. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's I've, I, if I went down to Bloomington area, I know there are a lot of people see him out yeah. on the street. If you went to Freehold or something. Exactly, and saw Park, Bruce in the wild. Yeah, the Jersey yeah. Freeze or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, we're going to get to Bruce in a minute, I promise listeners, but I'm fascinated. (laughs) What is the ghost? um, What is the ghost class you're teaching? Oh, okay. So I love it because I like the paranormal. That's one of my interests. I'm fascinated by reality, the ghost adventures type, type shows. Love them, love them. So- the class I'm teaching is called Literature and the Human Experience. And so it's it's a topics course. So we get to pick whatever, as long as it fits under that umbrella. So what I'm doing is I'm using three novels and the there's two, I don't know if you are familiar with the TV show Ghosts. There's a UK, it started in the UK. Uh, yes. UK and then there's a American, the CBS version. And so I, I watched- use those- yeah, I've watched a couple episodes of the UK. It's funny, but I just, I find the American characters more charming. I, yeah. yeah. I, 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 go ahead. No, I, I'm a fan of the American version. I do like the UK version, but I think sometimes the humor is hard to pick up. There's a lot of, in particular with politicians and pop culture references that sometimes you don't get so it lands flat Uh, but I do love I'm a huge fan of the U.S. the U.S. version and I'm waiting for them the strike to get over so I can find out who got can I don't know if I can say it yeah yeah Yeah. and I loved Rose McIver in iZombie I thought she just rocked it's so good I never saw that, and, yeah. but I know she has a huge fan base from that. Yeah. 
but I don't know. I just, I love that show. So, yeah. so I use what I, my, you know, cause when you think about ghost stories, people think about the ghost as that, the, the horror element right. of the story. And those shows, the ghosts are like real people characters. They're not yeah. the, the source of terror. And so I use three novels that kind of mimic that. And so one is called Ghost Talkers. It's set in uh, World War One. And it's really a pretty fascinating book about a, a mythical spirit core that the, the allied forces are using to try to figure out where the Germans are. And so it's complicated little world building. And then I use a book called Under the Whispering Door, which is really good. TJ Klune is amazing writer. And so it's that same kind of idea that you have a ghost, but they've retained as much of their humanity as possible. And and then the last book, which my students are struggling with right now, they hate it already, is Lincoln in the Bardo by George Saunders. And it's 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 a complicated book structurally. There's about a hundred characters in there. They're all in a cemetery. It's set in 1862, right before the Civil War. So you've got Abraham Lincoln's son has passed away. He's hanging out in this graveyard um, and won't move on. And so there's these characters that are, their mission is to try to protect the spirit of Lincoln's son before all these bad things happen. And the central kind of discussion that we have in the class is how do the things that happen to these ghosts and the things that happen affect their what left what they have left of humanity when some of the the characters the longer they're here they physically turn into weird looking things or they can't start to lose their memory and so how does that reflect when we the living start to lose our humanity we see this in the world right now so what happens when we lose our humanity and so the ghost characters, I use those to try to play, tease that out a little bit. Have you read Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard Book? I have not. That's on my list, though. Okay. Because and when I was looking for comp titles for my book, it came up, and it's technically, I think, a picture book or a middle grade. No, it it is, it is a, it's certainly... There's illustrations to it, and there is a illustrated okay. version, but the the book itself is a reimaginary of the Jungle Book, but set in a cemetery. Okay, I, I will have to get that. Yeah, yeah. I it's think, on my. Yeah, it's I on mean, my Neil, wish list. yeah, Neil Gaiman is amazing in anything yeah. he does, but this oh, yeah. is really good, okay. and especially because you're dealing with ghosts, that means someone had to die, right? Yeah. All right. That's that sounds a lot of fun. I I made note of the books. It sounds like Under the Whispering Door is if you were going to recommend one of the three to maybe start there. I yeah, I think it's I think it's really accessible, an accessible book. Lincoln in the Bardo is definitely literary fiction, but George Saunders has an amazing sense of humor with all of his stuff. So if you don't want to start with that one, I started with him with a short story collection called Civil War Land in Bad Decline. Okay. And it's a, he normally writes sh short story collections. So that one is really good. 
And that title story has some ghosts in it. He puts ghosts in a lot of his things on the periphery sometimes. All right. One last question about that. And then I'm, we're going to move to Bruce. But okay, I think that of all the actors on the U.S. ghosts, and they're all amazing in their own way, but I think the guy who plays Jay has the toughest role of everyone. I, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. Carr, I'm I can't butchering his name, but I'm sorry. Close. Yeah, yeah. The idea that he is enthusiastic about her ability and not the, like, I love the show Medium years mm -hmm. ago, but her mm -hmm. husband would get irritated. Yeah. I'm tired yeah. of you having this. And Jay just always seems to embrace it loves having the ghost gossip and to play that role where he'll do his scenes with where the actors aren't in the scene and then he'll have to do it with them in the scene and he plays it just the well i think he has so much heavy lifting and does it so well i agree and i love that relationship with pete and yes. the dungeons and dragons episode yeah. is so amazing that he's at that point that character is i'm just gonna i'm just gonna roll with this and the idea and i had thought about this before that episode where he says he loses all his friends because of the distance that D, D group that he finally felt like he was part of the gang and and i was just like, oh my gosh sam do not be play the game with him. Yes. He needs this. Yes. Yeah. I yeah, I just I love that. So I love when I have someone on the phone on the podcast, Maggie, that are Springsteen fans, I will ask the question, do you remember when you first discovered Bruce? And can you articulate what about his music spoke to you? So I'm going to ask you the same question, okay. but this is a little different context because as yeah. you said, you're coming to Bruce a little later in life. Oh yeah. So let's see. So I just passed my three month anniversary. Yeah. Uh, so you've made yeah. past your probation period. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't been I haven't been fired yet. So yeah. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay now. Yes. Yes. I and I talked a lot about this. So I'll just summarize. I talked a lot about that in the essay. Um, and and by the way, I will include. Send me a link, and I'll include the essay so people can <laughs> hear this. But yeah, that's what led me to. I read it. I loved it, and I said, "Oh, you got to be on the podcast." So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for reading it. So, yeah. So I did not like Bruce Springsteen. I, and I'm just going to be honest. I was not a fan. I I don't know. I've talked. My husband and I have tried to hash this out a little bit and figure out why I didn't like him. I don't know. But so my husband. Um, so. My husband and I got married in 2012. We had known each other for a long time. We had gone to high school together. We were friends in college and we both married other people and then that didn't work out. I didn't like, honestly, I did not know he was a Bruce fan. He did not talk about it. 
and I don't know, I'm not really sure why, maybe he got the vibe from me that I wasn't into it. And, but he's got all these box sets and things around. I didn't know. I paid no attention. We have XM or well, Sirius now radio in the car. He's, he's got E street radio on. I get in the car when I'm after he's been in the car, it's on. I'm irritated. Every time I come in, this channel is on and I turn it to nineties lithium or whatever. And tickets went on sale for the tour this time. And he comes out and he's, they're playing in Chicago and I'm not paying attention. Okay, fine, whatever. And so he tries to buy tickets. First shows sold out. I'm like, oh, big deal. And um, before, before you get to that question, I wanted to ask, had you tried to listen to Bruce or just, it just wasn't in your sphere? Yeah, so if he was on the radio and I was, maybe I would keep the song on, but I never sat down and tried to listen to anything. I never, I never picked up a CD. Honestly, I think my ex-husband probably had Born in the USA, which is then probably why I didn't want to like it at all, because we won't go into that. Well, I had a guy that loves the Bee Gees on about a year ago. And Mm -hmm. he and I had the same, we had a discussion when someone says, I don't like the Bee Gees, he asks, have you listened to anything besides Saturday Night Fever? And when people say, I don't like Bruce, I go, have you listened to anything besides Born in the USA? So yes. And I think that's sometimes you can have warm feelings for an artist because of relationship. Mm -hmm. Merle Haggard, my dad loved and so I, when I hear Merle Haggard, I think of my father and it's, it's good things. There's other artists that perhaps bring back bad memories. And I go, man, I can't listen to that. So I get it. Yeah, so, all right. Yeah. Thank you for that. All right. So yeah. the first show so, is sold out. He can't get so, tickets. And so then he's, there's a second show and I'm okay, just do it. And yeah. so he got tickets. He's super excited. I completely forget about this show. The summer comes. He's trying to talk to me about this or that. I'm okay, whatever. I don't even remember the date. I had to ask him three times because I'm trying to look ahead. When do I have to go back to work? I'm concentrating on that. Weekend comes. I Leading up to that, I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm joking with people that I know out at the shelter. Hey, you want to go instead of me? You can go. And we're laughing about it. I'm like, and, and I'm telling people I don't want to go. I didn't want to go on the trip. I didn't want to go to the concert. So we go, I'm like, I don't want to do this. This is going to be, and I'm trying then to not be that person and trying to be okay. It'll be, but I'm grumpy and my poor husband is just the best and he's trying to get excited. Yeah. Cause one of the so, things Maggie is I tell the story that when I went to spring scene and Broadway, I went to my wife and I said, there are things in marriage where you aren't allowed to say no. If your spouse asks you a question, mm-hmm. hey, can my sister come over and spend the weekend? You aren't allowed to say no. You just go, yeah, whether you want to see your sister or not. By the way, Aunt Mary, if you're listening to this, I'm always happy for you to come over. Do, do you want to do this? Yes. But there's also that time where as a spouse, you have to go with good spirit. 
right? Because there have been times when I will go, Linda, you're going to be miserable doing this anyway. Let's just, or I'll say, it's important for me for you to go to this. So I need you to be, if not enthusiastic, at least not a pain in the ass, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I was trying not to be a pain in the ass, but I probably was a little bit. Okay. Um, But that's, and he tolerates it. I think he was just excited. So he's seen Bruce. I think that was our, his fifth time. So he was not, he's been a fan since high school. So long time. And so we get to the, to Wrigley Field and I'm okay. This is cool. This is Wrigley Field. And the sign is up and it says I sold out. So I took that goofy picture of us in front of the sign that's on the website. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to make the best of this. And we get in there. Seats are pretty good. He's excited about it. And the concert starts. And the problem is I'm trying to have fun. I don't know any of these songs. And so I'm distracted a little bit. I'm listening. I'm watching the crowd. I'm watching the screen. But I don't know these songs. And were you open to if he had said, hey, here's a list of songs he's probably going to play if you wanted to do your homework. Had he thought about doing that or would you have been open to it? He didn't. And I don't know. I think I probably would have been, okay, I'll maybe do it and then put the list aside. Yeah. Or I was just not, it was like not. This is his thing. And I'm going to try not to be, as we say, a pain in the ass, but really right. this is his thing. Right. Okay. And I'm okay. going for, he went when, I think it was, what was 2019 when you two yeah. did the Joshua tree tour. We're at Lucas Oil Stadium and I'm just in heaven and she sure. doesn't know half the songs. He didn't ever listen, but he went. So I'm okay. I, I, he went for me. I'm going for him. Yeah. And I think that because of my whole quest to get an agent and get a novel published and that seizing the day you got to make what you can make of life now while you got it it just hit I've tried to explain this to people that are not Bruce people and I think they think something got jolted loose in my brain a little bit because they don't get it Bruce people get it they they understand right away and he sings that song and then I have to sit down because I'm like why is this happening? I didn't even like this guy. I didn't want to go. And now I'm emotional and almost in tears. And so it was really super strange. And then, you know, I have this weird kind of funny comedic uh, point, which just shows how much I didn't know about Bruce. He starts playing Because the Night and I'm, oh my God, it's 10,000 Maniacs. And I say that to my husband and he starts laughing. He's no, Bruce wrote that song. And I'm no, you're kidding me. And so <laughs> then I'm like, wait a minute. What else do I not know about this guy that I should know? What is happening? And so, you know, then I'm full into this, the rest of it. And I'm doing live streams. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And I didn't know the set list. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I'll See You In My Dreams comes on. They Everybody knows that's the last song. I don't know this. And so plays that. I'm like, there's lump in my throat. I'm looking at my husband. He's nodding at me like, yeah, 
this is what you should have known, but you didn't. Yeah. And now you do. And um, so that ends and everybody starts walking out. And I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't over. The lights aren't up. You know, yeah. there's still potential. What's going on? And I didn't want it to end then. Yeah. I didn't want to go. I was like, ooh, how many he's going to play for three hours? This is going to be awful. And now I'm no, he can't go. Now I get it. No. It's so, one of those things like, and I was like about, I was getting ready to cry. I'm like, wait a minute, Ray, the people are leaving. Why are they leaving? The lights aren't on. And he was just like, he couldn't tell me. I think he was emotional too about sure. it. But so- that then was the beginning so, of experience. A couple of things, right? The, your, your road to Damascus moment, right? From the Bible yes. where yes. Saul yes. becomes Paul. And yes. the other thought was the amazing grace, right? I once was blind and now I see. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and I know that sounds cheesy to a non-Springsteen mm-hmm. fan. Yeah, maybe. But the, but-, but the reality is that I just was on the phone with a guy and he was a recruiter and he was asking when did what what drives your passion for Bruce and I said I think if you ask his fans he's the soundtrack of their life and his songs change what a song may mean at 25 is different than it means when you're 45 and then again when you're 65 the in-depth is everything all right so you're You've gone through this. You've gone through this baptism of fire. You're like, oh my goodness. What was the next step, Maggie? What did you do? I was, I had a hard time processing this. So we got back to the hotel and I couldn't go to sleep right away because I'm like, one, why am I emotional? This is crazy. And two, I'm like, okay, so there was maybe too much smoke from somebody in the stadium and I inhaled something. I don't know. We come home the next day and it was weird because I woke up and I'm like, this did not go away. I still feel like I'm going to start crying and I don't understand why. And so the whole train ride home I don't understand what's happening. So we get home and my husband's doing stuff. I don't think he's outside doing yard work or something. And I went in the living room where he was not around and I just started crying. And I cried for five to 10 minutes, just like crying. And so I had to process that emotion and it was like, okay, something happened. You didn't expect it. This is not a fluke. And now what are you going to do about it? And so I started watching videos. So I got on YouTube and I'm doing this while he's not around, which was, I don't know if I was embarrassed. Oh, honey, now I really like Bruce Springsteen and I didn't like him before. I don't know why, but it was like I was in just sneaking, sneaking videos. And so I did that for the afternoon. And then I was like, you're being stupid. Why are you doing this? You need to just talk to your husband. That's funny. So yeah, almost like I, I'm still processing this, right? Don't, is this just 
I went to a really cool show and then I'm still on a Springsteen hangover, like in a good way. Right. So I I don't know if I'm going to stick with this. So yeah, I could see, but then it wasn't going away. I take it. No, no. And it was so, I think I waited until the next day. So that would have been like Sunday. And then I think I said, Ray, I think that concert blanked me up and he's listen I that's so common and he showed me a post that somebody had made in one of the Facebook groups so I jumped on those Facebook groups and because I thought let's just see what you know what happens and so from there it just snowballed and so I got in these groups and then I started really listening to the music I think that was the thing. Like, I'm going to start listening to these songs and I'm going to look at what the words are. And once I started listening and looking at the lyrics, then it was like, okay, this is not, I'm not, there's no going back now. And so it's been pretty interesting. And there's that jealousy a little bit, man, why didn't I get this bug 30 years ago or something? And I envy these people that are 50-year fans now. And before I would have been like, years and you still like this guy? What's kind of, what's wrong with you? And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what's right with you. And so there's like a little bit of that. There's a little sadness. I have a finite time really to get all of this in. So it's like trying to get 50 years of stuff in and I will never be able to see him 200 times. But right. if I can see him, we're going to see him in, in Columbus. We bought tickets for that as soon as all those the shows got rescheduled. And that's the plan is to try to get caught up as so, much as I can. A couple of things from that. I often mention that I think there's two kinds of people in the world. The people that go to their first Bruce show and go, wow, that was long. And the second ones go, oh, yeah. my God, what? where has this been? I want everything experience about this I could do. I'm glad. And the third is I had a guy on the podcast about a year and a half ago that remember seeing Bruce during that tour where Landau said, I've seen the future rock and roll, Mm -hmm. that middle 70s. And he was expressing regret that he didn't know Bruce earlier because he could have seen him at some of the other shows. So oh, wow. I believe, Maggie, that no matter when you find him, and in terms of sports, it, it's like in a football game where you miss an extra point, and it feels like the team is chasing that point the rest of the game. Yeah. I feel like my first show wasn't until 2002. And okay. I, yeah, I'm at 19 when holding. And for me, there was a little bit of brouhaha about the static set list. And I'm, look, I guess if I had seen him maybe a hundred times, I might feel that way. But no, I just, I want, I think the happiest place on earth, forget Disneyland. It's a Bruce Springsteen concert. And I want that joy as much as I can get in my life. And I agree. And I know, yeah, the set list thing. I know, I I get it. I understand that whole context now. But for me, I like the kind of idea that this is, we all have a shared experience. 
And yeah, I know yeah. that there are yeah. some concerts where he played something that he didn't play yeah. at others. Yeah. But the main, we all have that main shared experience. Yeah. And I think that's cool. Um, I think it's very me, cool. But, yeah. Early into this, you just hit 90 days. Are there albums or songs that have stood out to you, that have really oh, spoken to you? So when I knew you were going to ask this question, I've been sitting with this notebook at my computer as I, because I listen to E Street Radio. I didn't want it in the car. Yeah. It's on everything I own now. It's on all my computers. It's on my cell phone. I listen to it when I'm walking dogs out at the Humane Society. I'm trying to get them to become Bruce fans, but there are so many songs now. And I, 90 days ago, 91 days ago, I wouldn't have known any of these, but like Badlands, No Surrender is my theme song now. I love Mary's Place. I know that's not. Some people have mixed feelings about that. Um, I love Mary's Place. I do. Um, I love it. And Um, part of the reason why is my grandparents owned a dairy farm. And during the fall, we would be on the front porch shelling peas and 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 just and 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 that that thought everything out on the front porch that that image of the family being together by the way uh no surrender is often people use that in fact when i was fighting colon cancer every tweet i put is i would no retreat no surrender yeah so yeah great great song no i and so i would like in these few weeks, I would just come into the living room and be, and just say that to Ray, no retreat, baby, no surrender. Yeah. Out of the blue. And he's just, he's loving it. Cause it's, sure. he knows sure. I get it now. Land of hopes and dreams. I love that song. Tunnel of love. I know some people have mixed feelings about that album, but human touch. What else I put this hard land ghosts, of course, wrecking ball, that's just what I could jot down as I was. There's so many of them now. The other um, thing, I don't know if you've listened to Better Days, but that is a song yeah. that's very close to what you were talking yeah. about, right? That journey, enjoying the journey, not waiting for yeah. the results. Yeah. yeah, I love that song too. Yeah. There's it's just so many and listening. I like Thunder Road. I think that's maybe mandatory. I don't know yeah. If, yeah. if that's in the manual. That, so... Um, so I will but, tell you, Maggie, this is my version of snarkiness. My buddy Sam and I were talking about Be the Boss, right? Picking five mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. And he's, you should be forbidden to pick Thunder Road. Absolutely, we love Thunder Road. We all love Thunder Road. But if you're going to pick five songs, there's a couple that are, you know, that goes yeah. without saying, right? <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that. Let's see, what else do I have on my list here? Lonesome Day. Love that one. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Jean, love that one. I like the river, but it's it just makes me sad. But that line about is a dream a lie that don't come true, or is it something worse? Yeah. And the first time I can tell you the first time I heard that song and paid attention to it was in the car on that Sunday. And I didn't, I had never heard that song or had paid attention to it. And I was like, I told my husband, I'm this song is so depressing. But, but then I listened to the whole thing after a few days later, after we were not in the car. Yeah. And 
And yeah, I love that song, but yeah, it's, it's so, sad so for me. One of my favorite memories is I was at a show and this was when he was doing signs and someone, a young man held up a sign saying, it's my 19th birthday, play the river. And we are like, have you heard the river <laughs> just because it mentions yeah. the 19th birthday don't know if that's the song i would let's, pick to celebrate my birthday <laughs> let's not have that 19th birthday yeah that's maybe not <laughs> aspirational there i don't know just that's just me I yeah. don't know. the other thought is when the former president was in the hospital and his people were outside playing born in the usa we were all like i don't oh, no. think they know what this song means <laughs> no no you gotta listen to the words absolutely it's, yeah it's probably not didn't reagan want to use that yes, in he Spain? did yes and, like, and the chorus maybe resonates with you but maybe yeah. not the rest of it and as you bruce said i don't think nebraska is his favorite album yeah. yeah. So Maggie, what's next for you? Oh, gee, I don't know. So I'm listening to Born to Run, the his book. And so I listen to that every night. So it's like the audio book is Bruce is telling me bedtime stories, which yeah. is cool, but maybe for other people will sound really creepy. I don't know. So, and I'm just trying to learn as okay. much as like, I'm just in awe of what people know about yeah. him and his life. And so I joined Spring Nuts. That group is like amazing. Those people are so nice. They are. Uh, but the stuff they know about him yeah. is so amazing. They know girlfriends' names and you yeah. can post a picture on there and they're like, they can tell you who took the picture, when it was taken, where for mm -hmm. what album or what the context is yeah um so i'm just i'm trying to learn as much as i can we're going to see him in in april in columbus and then we're waiting to see what happens there's that gap between yeah. those the, and we decided if there's a european leg to this we're gonna try to go oh and, that's great yeah so we're blowing some money but okay you know what like i told my husband he's not getting any younger and we got to jump on every opportunity we're chasing that extra point yeah Absolutely. yeah it's Our, just it's been really it's a, been an amazing journey so far so here's what i'd love to do is i'd love for you to come back in february that would be about another 90 days okay and All then right. just visit about Okay. Here's what I've explored the past 90 days. Maybe watch some documentaries, watch Netflix, the Broadway show, just yeah, whatever that's you've on done. Our list. Yeah, and uh, just share where you are okay. on your journey, yeah. okay? Yeah. Is that when I get my raise, my first raise? Then? Yes, exactly. Yeah, your Springsteen raise. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> that, that sounds, sounds good. good. I can All use right. that money for tickets. Yes. All right. Maggie, this has been so much fun. You are a wonderful guest. I just love, I hope you're not as nervous now as when you started. No, I'm not. Good, no, you're good. great. You're amazing talk to you. Oh, thank you. Talk to you. <laughs> oh, talk to you. you all evening. Yes, I feel the same way. But before I get you out of here, you got to yeah. give me your answer oh, to no. the Mary question. Oh, no. So okay. here's the premise. Jay Armstrong was an honors English teacher. He's now retired. But when he was teaching, he would give the lyrics to Thunder Road to his high school seniors. 
and they would explore the song as if it was a poem. They would talk about Bruce's themes, the lyrics, and the imagery Bruce paints. And then he would ask his class at the end of the day, does Mary get in the car? So I preface this. There is no right answer. Okay. But it's just your opinion. This is an essay question. Just all you got to do is defend your opinion. So does Mary get in the car? I think she does. Okay. And the reason that I think she does is because the way that song was written originally, that last line says, I'm getting, I'm pulling out of here to win. And when he sings it now, he says, we're pulling out of here to win. Okay. So I think she does. That is an excellent answer. Very nice. If someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? You can email me. It's Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E, 2620 at or at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Yeah. That sounds perfect. I don't want to give my phone number out. No, I wouldn't let you do that. No, social media is fine. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Yeah. All right. Maggie, thank you so much. This was such a joy for me. I appreciate it. Welcome to the fold. It's a passion, not an obsession. I keep saying it's a passion, not an obsession. Though my wife may disagree with me. We have a mixed marriage. But she did did go to a couple of shows and enjoyed them. So, yes. So she always, she's happy doing a couple of shows a tour and that's enough for her. So, yes. Okay. If she needs somebody to talk to, I can maybe, I don't know, you know, pretty persuasive sometimes. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Listeners, go. Maggie's going to send me the link. I'm going to include this in the show notes of her. She wrote a really wonderful column article, just an essay on her Bruce journey and seeing it that night. You will love reading it. We're going to have her back on in February. And for now, I want everyone to be safe, be kind, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 